This podcast contains language that is not appropriate for children. But if your child doesn't speak English, it doesn't really matter much anyway, does it? This episode is brought to you by Mike Adams. Mike Adams, for when you want to take health advice from someone who's never been arrested. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, okay. that's setting the bar that's, really that's... low for people who can give health advice. So <laughs> it is, it is. And and I chose that. I mean, this is something that he he actually puts this fact out there about himself. Um, yeah, his, like, his bio is outstanding. Like, especially that's in his. He bio. holds a bachelor of science degree. I'm not going to tell you where from. It doesn't and matter. He also did really well in college entrance exams, and he got a hundred percent on three out of like who like you have like a resume, but like who puts well on college entrance exams? And I could have gone to grad school. But, but I didn't. I didn't. Like, no, no, I'm like I'm I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with his bio on his page um, because I mean he lets us know he has never used recreational drugs. Like he's never, never been arrested. He does martial arts. Like but that's not something that I know it, kung fu. Cool. It doesn't matter to me, but I but I am kind of you obsessed. You missed the reference. That's a, that's a that's a that's a matrix reference. I uh, That's why I missed it. Do you know I've never I've ne- I've never seen the Matrix from start to finish. So I have. Don't bother. I, I think I am. I think I am. Yeah. It's okay. I'll add a laugh track to it so people will know that <laughs> know that they're supposed to laugh. I want to make a, I want to somehow fit in a Walker Texas Ranger joke, but I'm just not quite sure how to do it yet. <laughs> I'll say if we don't get it this this episode, I'll save it for a later episode and like surprise you with it. Next time we mention Mike Adams. <laughs> I he's love Mike Adams. He's, <laughs> he's brilliant. He's actually, he's the original, uh, I'm sorry, he's uh, the OG, if you will. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen his. He's got a hit. He does, actually has a lot of music videos. He has a, a link right on his, really? yeah, on his main page up at the top. It says music videos. Do we he's need got, to? Oh. He's got a ton of them. I have, um, but, I have never seen any of that. I mean, I think we need to just link everything in the show notes to Mike Adams. Yeah. Like, well, de- definitely oh, put in the, yeah. the GMO video. It's called Just Say No to GMO, and it's hilarious. Like, it's got him, like, he's in the actual video, and he's kind of, like, bouncing around and, like, rapping over top of this. Shit, it's amazing. I, I don't even, like, I just don't know what to say about him, except that, I mean, like, I'm fascinated, yet also intrigued by the fact that people will take advice from such a human but <laughs> i i don't know i don't know we we all have our things that are wrong with us hello and welcome to the science enthusiast podcast my name is dan and i am joined by one of my co-hosts tonight natalie hey dan hey dev how you doing I do. Oh, I didn't introduce Devin yet. I'm not here yet. Oh, they so, don't know oh, I'm sorry. he's here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ruined my big entry. This I, is why we can't have nice things. Because I always fuck it up. Okay, I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. Try God. again. Well, you are a woman after all. I know. I know. I wrong podcast. I'm, I'm reminded of that every day. <laughs> Damn it! I'll try. I'll try that. Try it again next okay. week. And yes, we do also have our other co-host, Devin. No, now my intro is ruined. I don't even want to. Nah. Well, I'm not. Bye. I'm not going to re record this. I'm going to rage quit. Rage quit right now. And tell us about it. We're doing this in one take. And that's that. Slash G quit. (laughs) (laughs) And take your talents to South Beach. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, tonight we got uh, a good show. I well, I I don't I don't want to put too much pressure on the show. I don't know if it'll be able to perform if I it, put pressure on it. It never performs how we want. The show it, is sensitive. It's, it's it, going it, to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's not going to be bad. It's not no. going to be bad. No, it's never it's never bad, and it won't be the worst. So that's all <laughs> I think our audience expects from us. Our it'll just burn ones. a little. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> just at first, just initial, just I think, with the initial. I think one of, one of the one of the reviews I think said that they a listener did not get an STD from listening to our show. So Sweet. oh, that's we got that wow. we got that going for us. I'm glad uh, I'm glad that we don't transmit disease <laughs> over people's computers sexually. So right, that's great. Cool. <laughs> so uh so what are uh what are you guys drinking dan what what do you got in that glass uh not enough i have not your father's ginger ale made by small town brewery you know how you know how i know this uh this place is a small town because it says small oh. town it says so right on the damn label. Uh-huh. oh all right <laughs> so it must be true it's advertised they, yeah this is the same this is the same company uh that makes not your father's root beer which uh both of these are about like six percent alcohol but the the not your father's root beer is it just tastes just like root beer and it's wow. just delightful yeah, it's, it's truly amazing that I mean, really I get you drunk my, in my cabinet right now i've never had it i i guess i need that in my life yeah you definitely try it is very very refreshing do you think that they'll Natalie? sponsor one of our shows yes what am i drinking yes what are you drinking well, I have an almost empty um, glass of Boulet bourbon. Well, if we didn't take an hour to get started on the record, it, it would be, be it empty. would be well, right, right. So now, if we right. do get a sponsorship this, this from those guys, it'll be because of your hard work, Natalie. It is. Right? It's, it's my hard work. It's, you've been consistent with the Boulet. I, I, I will. Yeah, I will day. say, over the weekend, between myself and my parents, we definitely did kill a bottle of that. So, so your your advertising does work. I know. So I bought I, it. I was right. See, like, they need to hear this. Somebody needs to, needs to get it to them, um, so I can get some free shit. And what so. about you, Dev? Um, I am drinking uh, Trogs Brothers Brewing beer, which is um, local to Pennsylvania, where I happen to reside currently, and I am drinking their Dreamweaver wheat beer. What is dreamy about it? Um, I don't know the, the fact that I, it makes me dream that it, I liked it a little bit more. It's not terrible. <laughs> it really is. It's not a bad beer, but it's just it, meh, meh. I'm not like I'm not gonna stop drinking it. <laughs> because you you, 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 already op- opened, you opened it. it and yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean That's it's it looks lon- it looks lonely over there, yeah. poor little fella. So you have to drink. Anyway, it. speaking of dream weavers, yes. um. That's going to lead us nicely into our God of the Week. Our God of the Week this week is Hypnos, the God of Sleep, which I think I can speak confidently for Dan and Natalie when I say we are prepared to go full lifetime with this one. I do not think seven days will be enough. Nope. I, I agree. We've, we've discussed this a little bit this week, and this is a God, this is a God for life, I think. I've, I haven't yeah. known Dan and Natalie all that long, but I think I've known them long enough uh, to say that we're... We're all three the sort of people who have been worshiping him our entire lives and have only just found him now. Yeah. 
but yeah, we're we're late late bloomers with hypnos, but I I feel good about <laughs> about him and his his deeds. So I'm immediately on board. The moment I read yeah. what he was the god of, that's all it took. I don't yeah. I didn't even care if he was an asshole. I was like, oh yeah, sold. That's my guy. I can I, I can worship this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, imagine me scrolling through the internet. Huh? I could worship this. Yeah. I think that that's how people select religions, right? They they Google it. I think it's I think yeah. it's large it's largely based on where you were born and what religion your parents were. You're such a uh, buzzkill. Well, that's less fun. I mean, eh. Mm. I I'm just saying, my parents were Catholic and I grew up Catholic, so it's what a weird coincidence. How, how, <laughs> right. So. Tell, tell us about the the story of hypnos or the 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 I don't want to say mythology because it's totally real. Absolutely. God, yeah. Like, and I and I will I will kill people in order to prove that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there's there's not a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of storyline behind hypnos. He's not one of the major players in Greek mythology. But there was a. Oh yeah. One story. Watch it. Watch your tongue, sir. <laughs> Just because he's not a major player doesn't mean he's not the shit. You haven't even heard the story yet. Uh, one of the best stories, I think, about uh, our, our new savior, Hypnos, is that Hera, the wife of Zeus, who's the king of Olympus, uh, was all pissed off at Hercules, and she wants to fuck around with him. And so she asks Hypnos to put Zeus to sleep so that she can, you know, be a dick to Hercules, essentially. <laughs> so, so Hypnos, being the badass, I don't give a shit god, he's like, yeah, all right, I can do that. And so he puts the king of Olympus to sleep so that Hera can fuck with Hercules. And when he wakes up, he's all pissed off uh, at Hypnos, obviously. And so he goes looking for him. And uh, in the meantime, he kind of lightens up about the situation, decides to let him go with a warning. And so that in, that in <laughs> I, no I like way, that. Yeah, he's just like, don't do it again, a whippersnapper. Yeah, it's all right, yeah. Just a little slap on the wrist, that's it. Yeah, because initially it's Zeus was pissed off, and I think it's just the issue of having to find him kind of wore him down. But uh, Hypnos doesn't really seem to give much of a shit about it uh, because he does it again. It's the same exact thing, uh, putting Zeus to sleep uh, during the Trojan War. Uh, so at this time, uh, Hera offers him payment for it because he doesn't want to do it initially because <laughs> uh, Zeus almost kicked his ass the first time. And so she offers him this golden throne uh, crafted by Hephaestus for um, uh, to, to put him to sleep again. And he's like, yeah, hey, I don't know if that's going to be enough, Hera. And so he asks for the hand of uh, Pasithea, uh, who is what they refer to as the personification of relaxation and meditation. So she's like a perfect match for hypnosis. Oh, that, that in is. In my personal perfect. opinion. Yeah, it's like <laughs> relax and then go to sleep. That's yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. She's yes. like a match made in heaven after he just, you know, basically got her in a trade. Yes. <laughs> um, so so Harris um, seduces Zeus. Um, basically, she fucks him. And then okay. Hypnos slides in <laughs> and, put, and puts him to sleep after that as if he really needed to do that uh, in that case. And so uh, this, this gives Poseidon the chance to turn the tide. See what I did there in the war. Ooh, but yeah. Hypnosis is clever. Oh, that, was, that was clever. That Good was super you. clever. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Good Thought job. Of that all in my Good own. for you. Yeah. I, my gold star is already on the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so that was that was her plan all along, was to help turn the tide in the war. 
Um, so Poseidon does that, and Zeus wakes up again and sees Poseidon doing it. He kind of catches Poseidon in the act, but um, it's by then it's too late and the tide has turned. Um, but he never finds out that Hypnos did it, and so he just kind of like slinks away and gets away with everything. He's now he's got his new throne and he's got his new wife. Who's, they're just gonna relax and meditate and sleep all the time, which sounds fantastic. I mean, that's like relationship goals right there, isn't it? <laughs> right. And he's got the he's got the perfect place to do it too. His his palace is in a dark cave, and it says that the sun never shines there, and it's right by a river that flows next to it. Like, I am prepared to... F- I've been looking on Trulia, and I cannot <laughs> find anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, I've looked on Redfin, too, and that app is not showing anything <laughs> similar. So um, I, guess, I guess we're fucked, but we could. that could be life goals. You know, relationship goals and life <laughs> yeah. goals. The relationship um, goals are taken care of. Now you got to focus on the cave. Totally, the cave. The cave comes next. But I mean, that's that's a sweet story. Thank you for for sharing and doing some research on a on a yes. god. Like I feel like, yeah. So nice. so hypnos hypnos be praised. Hypnos be praised. <laughs> and, like, and I I don't know if I can give him up next week. So yeah, I don't know. Ne- I, the next god's gonna yeah. have to really kick ass because this is pretty good. Like I'm this, enjoying this one. I, I like this one. This is this is a lifetime god. So even if I worship someone else, I might be a little polyamorous with the gods. But I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> po- polytheistic, I think. Poly- polytheistic. <laughs> I was gonna say. I think yeah, you I, had the problem with right? the gods. I I I use. I mean, you I could use, be. I could right? be. I could be. I use. I'm not. The I'm wrong not. Word. I'm not hip with my with my Greek mythology um, or things that totally absolutely happen. But I'm I mean, sorry, wasn't that a I, thing that happens? Like, and there was a god that was like had sex with a with a human. I mean, that might be what I'm doing. I I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm gonna keep that more private. power to you. I know, right? Like me and the Greek gods. That's, that's how to do it. But yeah. if there's like, if there's more than one, do they have to have like a whatever the god, whatever the Mount Olympus version of like Jerry Springer is like? <laughs> you are not. Oh wait, no, that's not Jerry no, that, Springer. That's Maury. Uh, that's Maury. You are <laughs> not the father. <laughs> I mean, like I'm, I'm going on that next week. The Mount Olympus version of Mount Olympus. In the case of Natalie. <laughs> Hypnos, <laughs> you are not the father. Hypnos is just like he—he's he, just—he's sleeping on that one. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, I'll, I'll update you guys next week after I go on the show. And um, you know, I have a couple of kids. We'll, we'll see who they came from. I don't know. Let us backstage. They got like craft services there. Or what's the deal? Yeah. Do you guys want to come and like just hang out yeah. and for the, for the big reveal? Yeah. Hell yeah. I, I think that'd be cool. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Our guest tonight is Stuart Weiss, a psychologist and author of Believing in Magic, the Psychology of Superstition. He is also author of Going Broke, Why Americans Can't Hold On to Their Money. He is an expert on irrational behavior, frequently quoted in the press, and has made appearances on CNN International, the PBS NewsHour, and NPR Science Friday. And now, for some reason, Stuart is here with us tonight. Stuart, thank you for joining us. Glad to be here. Yes, thank you very much. So, Natalie, Natalie, I, I am, I am, I am to understand that you have a somewhat personal connection with our guest tonight. I do, I do. Actually, um, 
when I was just a freshman at Connecticut College in, wait, 2001, I was given a, an advisor, um, a faculty advisor as a psychology major, and that was Stuart Vise. So I, we've known each other for a while. Um, we have. As, I mean, I, I took several of your classes in, in college, um, and yes, you were the advisor, I guess, who, what did you do? Like sign off on the classes I was taking, just yes. making sure I was doing what I needed to do. Um, and yeah, I'm, honestly, I'm not, yeah. I'm sure you didn't meet, need much guidance from me, but, but uh, yes, I just had to check in to make sure that you were getting your requirements done and, you know, all of yeah. those things. But all that but, stuff. Yeah. I, and, I yeah. couldn't figure out why you kept taking all of my classes, but well, so, it was a nice um, thing. It was it a was, good thing. <laughs> it was great. And I, I'm going to just tell a little, a quick anecdote that um, my best friend Ross and I, so hey Ross, hopefully you're listening to this. Um, we took a lot of our psychology classes together and we were, um, we were fans of Professor Stuart Vise because he taught great classes and he also looks like Andy Warhol. So <laughs> we, um, we, we privately... And then eventually told him, we called him Professor Warhol, and um, just really genuinely, though, enjoyed all of, all of our classes with him. And I feel slightly, like, sentimental now that, you know, here we are um, doing a science and skepticism podcast, and the person who kind of inspired my venture into this, you know, area of interest is with us. So... Really, like wow. usually I'm I'm swearing and I'm a little bit crass, but like I'm feeling a little sentimental. So thank oh. you so much for being <laughs> here. Like that's wonderful. I, I'm a nice human sometimes too. So um, yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, so so I'm I'm really glad that we've come to this point where we're gonna just have a conversation about uh, all this all this stuff that you are so well versed in. So yeah, well, well that's great. Of course, it's that's you know. That's the best thing a professor can ever ever hear from a student is that somehow you had some influence because, you know, my my normal thing was to teach like statistics classes and it was like I knew that the students were wanting just, you know, to get out of that class as quickly as possible and like put it behind them. But but uh, but to hear that it had an influence on you and has and it, it, it looks like it might have. Um, that's really great. Can I also take a moment to tell an Andy Warhol story while we're yes, here? Sure. So, yes, sure. So absolutely. Just, just this past weekend, I was at uh, the Reason Rally in, in Washington, D.C., and you know a group of atheists, so I guess I've already added myself uh, with oh, that. Oh, we're, with we're, that we're out, too. Okay, we're good. <laughs> but anyway, I was at the Reason Rally, and I, w- I was heading home, and I... Uh, walked into Union Station in Washington, D.C., and I said hello to a man that was standing there by the door as I walked past, and he he called to me after I'd passed. He said, hey, did anyone ever tell you you look a little bit like Andy Warhol? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yes, in fact, and it hasn't, you know, you, you two were the first to ever sort of, yeah, I think you were, and it stuck, you know, like, <laughs> You said it enough that that it, it, I sort of took it in and, yeah. and have have accepted it, um, <laughs> but but there have been several other times, completely independent of the two of you, where people have said, 
you know, you and so and it's apparently still the, true. You know that, that yeah. people people think of me as looking <laughs> like Annie Moore. So so now well, your listeners all have sort of a mental image of what I that, look like. Yeah, we're talking to Andy. Personally, Warhol I think right I look now. a little bit better than. Yeah. Oh Andy yeah, Warhol, I but, like you know, I agree. I, than, <laughs> I I would I would go with a better version, but yeah. all so of so far the, I have not been yeah. shot by anyone either. Yeah. So, so that's, you're that's you're that's good. <laughs> So, so our dozen listeners right now are all googling Andy Stuart Warhol. Vi- Andy, well, Andy Warhol. And I was going to say Andy Vise. Warhol. Yeah, I don't know that the pictures of me on the internet look, you know, yeah. sort of have that same. But you know, they might get the idea. Yeah, maybe. But but Ross and I. Okay, so I'm I'm really happy that we maybe originated that. Um, oh, you did, and I and I'm happy with you. it. I'm yeah. I've accepted it, so yeah. it's, it's fine. Hey, he was a I I love Andy Warhol, so me I too. T- take I'm that not. as a compliment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to be doing an interview here. That's right. right. I, I, probably not what you were you that's know, what, invited me for. Well, but. well, no, that's okay. But this is what we call a hard segue. Right. Um, so <laughs> we're still. We'll, this is the this is the point in the in the show where I would normally play music because I don't know how to intro or outro into it. <laughs> So, uh, but anyway, or, uh, so first thing uh, that we wanted to ask you is, uh, what do you think it means to be a skeptic? Uh, it's such a big question. I, I mean, I think that personally, uh, it, it means that you, that you, you question things. I think, I think that's most, I think, I guess the, one of the best ways of saying it is that is that when someone states what they what appears to be a fact or a claim, that you ask questions about where it came from and how do they know that and um, and so I think it's 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 a it's a way of thinking and processing information that that comes to you. That's that's primarily it, um, uh, and and of course that can apply to everything it can apply to to the kinds of things that skeptics are concerned with but it can also apply to things in politics in personal relationships in in you know um every domain of life but i think at bottom that's it it's it's sort of uh it's uh, you know most of the information that comes to us uh comes to us you know, by way of what we would call authority Right, a person says, "This is true. This is a fact." Right? And, I mean, that's just a that's just a matter of uh, exigency. You know, it's it, you, you can't like go and get the information yourself for everything that's important to you in life. Uh, it's just there's no time, and and you can't be a researcher about every little question. So so most of the information that comes to us is somebody tells us that this is the case. And so the skeptic is the person who says, well, okay, that might be true, uh, but how do you know? I mean, that, that's sort of the basic question. How do you know that that's true? And where, where, does, that, where does your claim come from? And, um, and, and I think that if, if you just take that as your basic mode of operation, then you, you, you do pretty well uh, under most circumstances. So not, it, just, not just making like a statement of fact but knowing how you got to that right and I mean, and i guess being open to things changing too based on evidence right right absolutely yeah absolutely no no i mean you know i it, um that's 
that's the other part is that you know that science uh, and, and you know so being a skeptic means that you're a critical thinker that you value science and the methods of science are kind of the basis of it all and of course science is 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 something that's always changing and self-correcting there's no that i mean that's you know the the word authority that i used before is one that typically uh, is not self-correcting, right? It, it, it means, you know, w when you think of an authority, that you think of dogma, of this is this is the word, right? Or I'm giving you the word. Uh, science is the, is not like that. Science science says, okay, you've you've made this claim. What's the basis of it? Uh, and, you know, based on whatever information is available, you say, okay, I believe it or I don't, or I accept it or I don't. Uh, but if the information changes, right, if more information comes available later, then that could very well change your, your, your view. So it's, it's always a, a, a process of sort of uh, iteration, of, get, of getting closer and closer to, to something that's, that's true and accepted. And I think a lot, uh, this kind of gets us into parts of irrational behavior. I think a lot of uh, anti-GMO, anti-vaccine, uh, I think a lot of them consider themselves to be skeptics and consider uh, any sorts of information that comes from the government to be just right. categorically incorrect or invalid because it's coming from a person of authority so how do how do you engage that type of person who who only who relies on people like mike adams on people like uh miracola on people like uh food babe for their information because like and, and that's and i think that's specifically because they're they're not people that are actual <laughs> experts in, right. in their in their field like how do you how do you connect to those people and, and, and engage them and and get them get them to change their thinking like that well you know they the word skeptic as you know and and you you folks i'm sure are aware the word skeptic has been has been used in sort of different ways and and um and so there, for example there's this idea of being a climate change skeptic right uh, and I'm like, like, what is that about? But, yeah. um, you know, um, so, so it's, you know, skeptic has been misused as meaning just sort of oppositional, right? I don't accept what you're saying. I'm, you know, I'm a skeptic or I'm, you know, and, and the basis of that is often, and, you know, the examples that you cite is often because they don't trust the, the source, right? They, they're, for example, it's a corporation, or you know, and corporations are not always good. They they do things that are not always good. But the mere fact that something comes from a corporation is not evidence, right? That's not. So so you know, I I mean, I I actually had a conversation earlier this evening with somebody who you know I I brought GMOs. So it, it, it's a fun activity if you're in a group of liberals, right? You know, yeah. liberals, yeah. liberals are usually pretty science oriented, right? They, mm -hmm. they, they are, they're right on board with, with climate change. They're, they're, you know, they're okay with evolution, all those kinds of things. But, you know, suddenly, boom, GMOs. And you say, well, wait a second, you know, and Monsanto is evil. And, right. and, and, you know, and I, and so, well, I don't know whether Monsanto is evil or not. I mean, it's a corporation. 
uh, it's a big thing. They have they have their person their interests, and they may have done some things that are that I wouldn't support. But that has nothing to do with whether GMOs are safe or not, you know. And so, so you know, the, you, you know, simply ask the question: Can you cite a single, you know, uh, validated situation in which GMOs have caused some harm? You know, is there any place that you can show me? Well, and and what they would say would be: You look at Seralini. You can look at. Uh, I know the I, I don't know how to say his name right the uh, Shiva guy oh. that with the with a soy that stupid soy study that he did they they would they would enter that as right valid evidence right. but e- even even though those have been discredited yeah. but right. still right. those are in their um, kind of vernacular as things that they cite as right. as evidence but he, at least they're now playing in our field right in other words so so yeah. it's not just an it's not just ad hominem it's not just I don't know what the equivalent of, of, you know, an attack on a corporation. It's not a person, so it's not ad hominem. <laughs> but, but, um, but it's it's it is it is now at least within the the field of evidence. And so and so you you say to them, okay, well, like seriously, is this all you have? Right? Is this all you? I mean, we've been eating GMOs for like forever, and and uh, and this is all you've got in the way of evidence. And here are the reasons why. Uh, you know, maybe that isn't the strongest uh, evidence in support of your case. So, so uh, uh, you know, that's 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 the. Um, I, I think ultimately you do have to try to get them back down to the question of, of, of you know, where's the data and and let's look at it together. We're, we're all rational people. We can look at this data together and see whether whether there's something there or not. Have you have you talked to an anti-vaxxer? Are you sure they're all rational people? <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, I have. I'm, I have. I have. I mean, we all have friends, right? Who I, that's the funny thing about it is that that uh, I have friends who are you know political allies, but science you know antagonists, mm-hmm. and and uh, so we just don't talk about certain things unless we have to. But, I mean, like I mean, you know, for example, a, a character like Bill Maher, right? Bill, right. Bill Maher yeah. is a very prog- problematic guy. I just saw, I don't know if you saw this clip that just went around yeah. today yeah. with, with, uh, with uh, Neil, Neil Tyson. Tyson. And, and, uh, and suddenly, uh, Bill Maher is using the Donald Trump line, he, you know, because he, because, because he and, and I'll explain what I mean by that in a minute, but, but, but you know, uh, Tyson brings up vac- vaccinations and immediately Bill Maher says, I don't want to talk about that. And, he, you know, I, I think, he, you know, I, I don't want to talk about that because he's got Neil deGrasse Tyson there. He doesn't want to talk because about it with outgunned. him. He is outgunned. <laughs> right, exactly. And, he, and, he, and he, he may not, he has a, may have a sense that he's wrong. You know, and I say that's the Donald Trump line because right now Donald Trump, you know, has been repeatedly asked whether he believes Barack Obama was born in the United <laughs> States or not. You know, and he has actually never denounced that prior. I mean, he, he, that was his claim to fame, you know, well, he, and, yeah. he, and he, he just he, says, I don't want to talk about that now. I don't want to talk about that. So he's never, in well, fact, and, gone back and either, either you know, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't talk about it. And, and so that's just dodging the question and... and uh, but but it is interesting to see how you know here's Bill Maher, a guy who, you know, very strong on glo- global warming, you know, most issues of science, 
but he's also been a you know with a great platform a real um, you know proponent of anti-vax uh, sentiment which is which is sad well I mean but that that reminds me of that article that you wrote back in the fall about your time last summer out in California where you're in this like very liberal place right Topanga Canyon yes. and and yet you're surrounded by so much um, I don't know, irrational thinking and bullshit, right? I right. mean, in terms of anti-science, yet also politically liberal right. thinking, yeah. right? So it just, all of that together, I mean, it, it doesn't really make sense yet. Right. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it, you know, it, it makes a, a kind of sense. Uh, there is, you know, this guy, Jonathan Haidt, has done some really, a social psychologist, done some really interesting work on, on how liberals and 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 uh, conservatives are different, and what are the things that each group is afraid of and concerned about, and uh, and so you know um, conservatives are concerned about uh, about uh, sort of religious issues and and big government, right? And and there and so so anything that conflicts with those two things is a problem. So they're against uh, women's rights to choose and they're against, um, they, they're, they're resistant to the idea that global warming is a real thing because that's, that's going to be a problem for business. Um, uh, on the other side, um, you know, liberals or some liberals at least are, tend to be uh, anti-corporations, right? Big business and they see that as being sort of a scary um, thing and so so uh, vaccines are big business and GMOs are big business so so like there's a sense to it there is a sense to it but what isn't what the, so and 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 I, I guess in some ways it's kind of an interesting thing that that being pro science does in fact cut across uh, both those those ends of the spectrum you. You know, I was I was quite gratified when I went to the Reason Rally this weekend. Um, the 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 woman who is uh, her name is Carrie, and she's on the uh, Skeptics Guide to the Universe um, podcast. Uh, one of your Kara Santamaria, oh, yeah, Santa colleague of yours, in a sense. Uh, and she got up there and she listed off all these topics that skeptics are are uh, involved in, and, and I was quite quite happy with the results. I mean, the you know she you know LGBT rights, boom, everybody is for them. Women's rights, everybody's for them. And then she got to the point where she got down on the list and she said, "Okay, now I wonder how my reaction is going to be to this one." And she says, "GMOs, right?" And to to their credit, the crowd went, "Yay!" You know, they were they were they were not anti-GMO at all. Uh, but she was concerned because everything else up to that point that she had mentioned was a was a liberal issue, and I mean it was a you know an easy issue for liberals. Uh, whereas this one, you know, she was concerned. So so there is a way in which you can be either a liberal or conservative and still be pro science. I think and uh, uh, consistently pro science. So. Um, but yeah, I, that time in Topanga Canyon, I love that place. It's a beautiful, if you ever go up there, it's like you go back in time into the sixties and, uh, and it's quite, quite something. Uh, but, but boy, oh boy, is there, you know, pseudoscience and all sorts of stuff going on up there. 
liberal, uh, mostly of the liberal variety, the, the, the kinds of pseudoscience that liberals are drawn to. And so, and so what, are, what are the ones that they are most drawn to? Is it kind of like the, the anti-vax, anti-GMO kind of thing, or well, um, alt-med type of... Those things. Like there, one yeah. of the things I noticed was lots of bumper stickers that said uh, <laughs> that were anti-GMO. Anti-GMO bumper stickers were, you know, the, the two most popular kinds of bumper stickers I saw on cars in that area were Bernie stickers... Okay. And not, not surprising. Pro, okay. pro, you know, I feel the burn stickers and yep. and anti-GMO stickers. And this is a semi-rural area, so that would make sense to some degree. But in the coffee house that I hang, hung out in, there was a book on angels, on how to you know how to harness the the power of <laughs> angels in your life. And the, oh, I have that book. Yeah. I, I was just reading it the other night. Actually, it's I, I'm is it working for you? Powers. It's it's working. I mean, I I'm feeling the angels all around me right, right. now. Um, so yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> and and also there were uh, there were like potions that you could buy. Like they, <laughs> they were sitting out there on the counter. There, I, I forget what they were supposed to do, but they but they literally were sort of magical potions that that okay. you could buy Just, at this coffee house. So so you know you get the idea. The it's yeah. A, um, yeah. there is. I mean, was it was it coffee? Like and they were just saying, <laughs> no. <laughs> this will wake you up. No, it came, it came <laughs> in little tiny bottles with black caps on them, and ha- you know, little. Uh, and I forget whether it was a love potion or you know some kind of. Uh, but it was it <laughs> like had, love, money, like yeah. that kind of stuff to just make you, I don't know, happy and. Yeah, it, I, it, I don't it even had know. powers that were more than just like a, like you know. Is, you know, sort of. It's it's almost it's almost uh, it's almost as if it's like the anti-GMO, anti-vaccine stuff. It's almost like it's its own religion because it's not based in evidence. It's completely based in emotion yeah. in that emotional opinion of, and I think that's why it's so difficult to connect to people who th- who think that. Um, and it that of course that doesn't apply to everybody because I've I've seen people that said, well, you know, my like we just had somebody in my group this week. Uh, say, you know, I w- was thinking about not getting Gardasil for my kid, but I, re- you know, basically you guys convinced me uh, to, to do that. So, I mean, th- there are people that do that, mm. but I think it's it's such an emotional opinion, or such an emotional opinion based on emotion, not based, of course, like who's who's drinking something and thinking that's going to have any, unless it's, unless it's like cyanide, who's, right. who thinks it's going to have a serious impact like on their life. Like I, I just, I just can't understand that, that thought process that they have. Yeah. Well, you know, if pe- people are willing to believe, uh, somewhat magical things. I mean, that's really, that's really what this is about. And, uh, uh, so, um, it, it, there, there is a lifestyle, uh, and it's there, it, it was very strong up there in California. Um, but there are pieces of it everywhere. Uh, you go in yoga studios and, you know, coffee houses and other places, <laughs> you will run into it. I mean, the, it, it's, it's, it is. Yoga lends itself so, so well to that, like, just all the everything Zen, everything, right. like, like, namaste, and we're going to. Uh, it's got that whole Eastern thing going. <laughs> right, which, yeah. yeah. It's a whole, that's, that's, that's a topic of another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's things like, you know, love potions or whatever, you know, just, straight like honestly kind of strange things that people would take and do and i mean in some ways like i mean i i care because 
it's just kind of dumb, but I also don't really <laughs> like I, but then I don't care because is that actually hurting anybody? Right. right? You know, right. like they're, they're making those choices. But then I feel like there are... It's a, it's there a gateway. Are, it's like yeah. a gateway drug. Yeah, well, I mean, well, I, I think that's an empirical question. I mean, it, yeah. it, 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 it could be a gateway. I mean, it certainly doesn't, doesn't promote, right, right, promote right, uh, critical thinking or, or isn't, you know, isn't based in critical thinking. But, but yeah, it's a worry. But, there, but then there are things that are legitimate worries, like you know, the irrational fear that a vaccine is going to cause autism, right. for instance, okay? So that, that doesn't just have an impact on, you know, one family, you know, in their decision-making, but that, like, there are public health implications to irrational thought, oh, right? Oh, absolutely. No, no So, question. I mean, why do you think people are drawn to that way of thinking about something that, I mean, consensus states that vaccines are safe? Well, uh, yeah, consensus does. But if someone, I mean, uh, it, the other thing I, I think that uh, there there are a number of factors to this, and you probably you know have covered a lot of them uh, or thought of a lot of them. But but um, the other thing is that that what's also true, and I know from my own work that the autism community in the United States is incredibly powerful. Uh, the parents of people who have autism, which I and I have worked with many of them uh, in the past. That was how I started in this business of becoming a psychologist. Um, you know, and I have to hand it to them because it's a it's a very tough thing to to want to have a child who's beautiful and perfect, and then discover that that there's this disability. Um, but but they are very well organized, and they and they are, and people have great empathy for them, for for the parents uh, and and the individuals who who have autism, and so if someone says, "Boom, I gave my child a, a you know a vaccination, and immediately afterwards, you know, I I had this uh, you know child who 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 became autistic." Um, that's that's very powerful, and 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 people are going to be reluctant to question that person, right? This is a person that is not someone that's going to be easy to to just say, no, you're wrong. That didn't. These are. This is a coincidence. Um, and so so there is there is that, and there's great fear about about uh, autism and other other problems that might develop. And then you also add to that the typical things of big pharma, you know, fear of fear of big pharma, and also there I believe there's always been the reason why alternative medicine is is as popular as it is is there's always been a sort of anti-authoritarian view of standard medicine, right? That that it's cold. It has white coats. It sometimes hurts. It often hurts. Uh, where whereas whereas other forms of alternative medicine, it's true. Alternative medicine very rarely hurts. It's always well, it's always right. a lot. It's always a lot more palatable. And sometimes hurts. Right. I mean, you know, like like what would you rather do? Chemotherapy or you know hold a crystal. For a while, you know, <laughs> which which one theme seems like it would be more fun, right? Right, like like lay, well, lay down, yeah. You'll definitely hold have to hold the crystal less because you'll die right, a lot sooner. But 
But but I think that's a factor too. Is that is that uh, people are looking for they, they're thinking very short term. They're looking for a, a, a holistic experience that makes <laughs> yeah. them feel better. I mean, there are many many factors that go into it, but uh, but and, that's part of it. And I think I think so, something that you kind of hit on there uh, was autism being caused by vac- the vaccines or by or I know some people. Uh, even say by GMOs or or, or what have you, um, I th- I think it's it's absolutely uh, for a lot of parents, w- you know, they want to blame something else, yes. and not that because uh, not not that aut- autism is uh, you know it's it's a spectrum. So you do have the, those children that are um, you know nonverbal mm. and just are just unable to function. But then you also have other children that are very uh, you know uh, high functioning and uh, in, in that so so we, we have that and but you know speaking to more the the children that that are do have severe severe autism like a parent does not want to think that it's their fault like their genetics oh. or something maybe the mother did during pregnancy was a cause of that so I, I think right I think at least part of that is it, it, it absolves them from any response right. not that I mean, not that they responsibility is obviously the wrong word to yeah. use because you can't control your own genetics, but it, it removes that, that level of potential guilt that, that right. they have, that they did this to their child. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I mean, I, I think that in, you know, there was actually early on a view that autism was the mother's fault. You know, there was this, mm-hmm. this uh, sort of Freudian view that they, were, they talked about refrigerator mothers, right? And that's completely discredited, and, and there is no parental responsibility. This is a random thing that happens, and uh, and so and we don't know why. Yeah, we don't. I mean, there and, there is there are some genetic it, markers, and there there yeah. there are, are making some progress, but uh, in, in the cause. But in any case, no parent should ever feel as though they're personally responsible. And I think that most people realize that. But there still might be, even without feeling personally responsible, there might be anger, and there might be. A desire mm-hmm. to have someone to blame, even if it's not you, and so, uh, so, so that's 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 uh, I'm sure part of it. Well, and it's I think it's to have someone to blame, and then also to I don't know have this sort of blind faith that some of these cures or whatever kind of the snake oil like salesmen are promising are going to fix their, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I hate to I hate to say problem, but well, that's you know, a that's keep, a whole other people, thing. I mean, the, you know, yeah. the, the the and I've written quite a bit about this again because I have experience in this area. But but um, you know, autism in terms of the treatment and the ways in which you deal with it once it's happened uh, has been described as a fad magnet. You know, the, it it is it has a long and continuing history of pseudoscientific treatments being promoted that in fact have no you know basis at all but but they um you know they they appeal just as alternative medicine does to some people they appeal to to some parents um who, who have autistic children so i mean that's we could do a separate podcast on all of that i know i, I still remember <laughs> watching the the video i think right. i mean you must have showed it in like psych 101 mm. about facilitated communication i did right? i like did uh, that just as a as an example of something that right you know people will put their faith in because right i mean when you think about it it's it's amazing yeah and um, and yeah. and if you you know i've written about uh, and the sad thing Natalie, I mean, I, sh- I showed you that movie, I don't know how many years mm-hmm. ago, right? In which, I mean, in which that was, it, what, like 15 years yeah, ago, and it showed, honestly. And it showed yeah. how discredited 
the technique is, but very, very sadly, facilitated communication has not gone away. It's still out there. It's still being used quite a bit, and there are new versions of it, uh, like this thing called rapid prompting method, which which is appears to be just a recycled version of facilitated communication, and the and the proponents of it have have resisted all attempts to get them to do any validating studies whatsoever. So, so um, and parents are flocking to it, you know. So, so it 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 is a that's a a serious problem within the field of autism that continues and, and needs to be addressed. Thank you. All right, um, Dan. Where do you want to go next? Uh, well, I mean, we, we have we have a question posed to us by Eric uh, mm. from our group. Uh, he said that he would like to hear your take on how rituals can enhance the placebo effect. Uh, and he gives an example of like with acupuncture, and I can think of uh, even another example with uh, like the electronic adjustment tools that chiropractors use. As well, so how do how do how do any sort of like ritualistic things like that, or or even uh, the addition of equipment that oh, yeah. sounds or looks expensive, how does that uh, enhance the placebo effect? I mean, I think the question almost gives the answer in the sense that in the sense that the, the you know once there is an expectation, I mean the placebo effect is is based on the idea that. You, you have an expectation that whatever is being given to you is going to have an effect, and, and lo and behold, you, you report that effect. Uh, uh, you, know, you feel that. You, 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 know, you take the pill, and you feel better. Um, in, in any situation in which, first of all, you have the same kind of trust in whoever is your practitioner, and then you add to that some fancy-looking equipment, uh, or uh, or or a lengthy ritual that seems to be based in 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 something uh, that can only enhance, in my view. I mean, again, these are things that need to be studied. And I do know of actually I have a uh, a former student who's who's a research uh, assistant at Harvard who is currently doing a long involved in a long term study of of uh, uh, acupuncture and and placebo effects in in pain management. So. Uh, so that's ongoing, but I think that sometime next year they'll they'll have results of that, and I I expect that that the entire effect uh, is likely to be placebo. Um, you know that there's a that there is a, 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 a center at Harvard devoted entirely to the study of placebo effects. I don't know if you knew that or not. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's really cool. And, uh, and, and you know, not, I mean, placebo effects are, are what they are, right? It, 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 uh, like, if all you've got is a placebo effect, I'm sure a lot of people will take it, you know, because <laughs> that's what, you know, they need, they need something uh, to treat whatever's going on. But, but um, uh, it's a very interesting area of research, uh, both from, I think, an ethical point of view and, and a scientific one. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, so we had another question. Let me just pull it up. Um, well, actually, I mean, Dan is a safe, I guess it's not really even a question because the this, this was given to us by a 
a 12 year old actually. <laughs> we, sometimes you, those are the well, best questions. I mean, I, I will I will edit this part out. The have you seen the uh, the kid Marco with the vaccine yes, video? Yes, yes, I have. Yeah, it's, with the with so, the empty file. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So we we're pretty familiar with him. Oh. In that we've communicated with him mm-hmm. a decent amount. So he's he uh, he's very into science. Yeah. This. Uh, so, um, yeah, uh, his his question is uh, he he wants to know uh, about selective fact acceptance. Uh, blah, 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 if I could talk, uh, I, I didn't even set that up right today. Uh, this it's it's almost like this is our fourth episode, and I've never done a podcast before. <laughs> no, you're doing great. <laughs> so uh, we have uh, one other question from the group. Uh, uh, one of our group members, Emma, wanted to know. Uh, about selective fact acceptance uh, in automatically determining which facts are true and which are not according to what fits your own story the best. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, this is an, a restatement of sort of confirmation bias, right? Which, which we are all susceptible to. Um, I th- and I, I would offer, I would offer, we're all guilty of. Oh, yeah, absolutely. On a oh, of course. Basis. Of course. Absolutely, yeah. we are, and so. So, um, but it, and, but it's at least helpful to know that it exists and that, that it's a thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it is a well studied phenomenon in which people do tend to notice things that, that confirm their prior beliefs, uh, remember later things that confirm their prior beliefs and not the ones that don't. And, and also, you know, situations where, if you are actually conducting an interview with someone and you and you have a prior belief about that person it affects the questions that you ask you ask questions that are more likely to confirm your hypothesis so it works in so many different ways and it's such a, a that, powerful force in our would lives. that be not unlike how you are more likely to remember a negative experience rather than a positive experience? Like if I go to a restaurant and I have shitty service, I'm going to remember that rather than the 15 times I've gone and everything was great. Uh, no, I think that's actually a different phenomenon. That's, uh, I mean, that that is um, that is a, tr- a very true and valid one, um, and it's and it's uh, it comes from behavioral economics, and it, and it is it is the idea that that losses are more powerful than gains of equal value. And so, uh, and, and uh, you know, this is Kahneman and Tversky's prospect theory, and, um, and, it's a, it, it, uh, and also um, uh, uh, Bomeister, uh, whose first name I'm now forgetting. Is it Dan? No. Anyway, uh, uh, um it's with an R. Anyway, Bowmeister has an article that is the title of which is "Bad is Stronger Than Good," uh, in which he goes through many, many different areas of life, and he shows that that bad information is is more highly weighted than good information. So it's it's a reason well, it's a reason why, for example, if you write letters of recommendation for people. Uh, and you know this, it's, it's, it, you, you, you think twice before you add even a shred of negative information in a letter of recommendation because you know that that is the part that will be remembered and, and may have the biggest impact and all the nice things you say about the person might not. So I think that's a slightly different thing. But, uh, but um, 
and and that and it has to do in that case it has to do with the situation where hopefully you come into it uh, in an unbiased case. You could get positive information or you could get negative. If you get negative, it's going to weigh more. Uh, but if you have a prior you know, view and a, and a prior belief, that's where the confirmation bias comes in. And of course, we all do in many important areas of our lives. So. Well, I mean, I, like, as, we're, as you're talking about this, like, I'm just thinking about, honestly, I mean, the internet mm -hmm. and the fact that, okay, say somebody already has this notion that, I don't know, maybe vaccines or whatever are dangerous, then they go into a Facebook group kind of against vaccines and they're seeing all these anecdotes, whatever, about, you know, the, the fact that they right. do terrible things. Like, I mean, people, I feel like, are constantly confirming their, their fears. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and, and to the extent that those, those prior beliefs are important part of who you are and identity and, and, and your, you know, and a belief system that has emotional value to you, then it gets very difficult not to confirm it, you know, and, and to, and to accept, to take in information that, that is uh, contrary to. Well, and that's, that's comfortable to do that. Right. It's, it's nice to hear that you're right and nice to know that yes. you were right or, or what, or what have you there. No, absolutely. It, it, it is, it sort of makes you feel better and, uh, and self-protective. Well, Stuart, uh, we definitely appreciate you taking the time to talk to us tonight. It was my pleasure. I'm very glad to have been introduced into, invited to do so. Yeah, thank, you. thank you. Thank you so much. I'm getting tired, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just totally okay. If you enjoyed our interview with Stuart, you can follow him on Twitter at, at @stuartvice. He is also a columnist for Skeptical Inquirer, and you can find his writing at psychop.org. That's C-S-I-C-O-P.org. And links to everything that we've discussed tonight will be found online on the website at scienceenthusiast.com. So, Natalie, why don't you tell us about why we love the internet this week? Okay, well, we love the internet this week because of the Facebook page Christians for Michelle Bachman. Um, yes. Michelle Bachman, just a <laughs> crazy conservative Republican with wild well, that's, eyes. That's like a triple. That's like a triple negative there. Yeah, I. Uh, sorry. She's got some. She's got some really great quotes. Like probably like one of them. One of them that I'm looking at right now is. Carbon dioxide is portrayed as harmful, but there isn't even one study that can be produced that shows that carbon dioxide is a harmful gas. Okay. <laughs> I like we should definitely let that hang like that for people to really get the full effect of how fucking dumb that is. Let's just let's just think about that. Let's take just pause and please come back, but pause and just think think about what that means. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then there's also, our movement, at its core, is an intellectual movement. <laughs> real then, things a real pol Republican politician said. So these people made, uh, obviously, a satire page. But my, probably my favorite things that they do is... They talk about like they, they talk about the marijuanas and how terrible 
the marijuanas are. So I'm looking at one. It's it's. Uh, this is why marijuanas are illegal. Are you looking at the one with? I'm, no, I'm well. I'm looking. At, I'm looking at it's it's a mandarin orange. Two two oh. like little segments of a mandarin orange, but it's still connected. So it looks like it's like a trachea and everything. And but it's, it has them split up. And it says these are the diseased lungs of a marijuana's addict. Just say no to marijuanas. It's like people people share probably the best one uh that that i can show and uh, i definitely showed this to my parents they did not appreciate it at all that's a whole other no your parents whole... don't appreciate christians for michelle bachman no they did not they did not find this site amusing in, oh. the, in the slightest uh, okay. oddly enough they may be voting for trump but that's a whole other let, let's let's whole let that hang for another other yeah. topic yeah. was and i can't I, I can't find their their meme right now but uh, it has all the different uh, bills and it this is back when they talked about changing the $20 bill I, th I think they, it was uh, to have Harry Tubman on it yeah and it said yeah here it is uh, like and share if you think only precedents should be on our money and this one in particular this one got <laughs> oh, almost 100,000 shares one. yes yeah yes. it got almost 100,000 shares it is it is so great it's so perfect and it got shared by so many Republican pages that were like yeah that's true <laughs> that's that's true except for the ones on our money already that weren't president but but it's true because yeah i yeah that was crazy people took that literally and so i'm looking at one with it's got a picture of a guy who's got a big bushy beard and a man bun and it says coincidence this haircut comes into style now nobody knows where they should pee <laughs> giant yeah giant meteor no this this page like anytime it shows up in my news feed i i just it's like instant like like i like everything that comes out of this this page and yeah <laughs> they have they have her head on the terminator it says i'll be back <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. If you enjoyed listening, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on iTunes and tell all of your friends about us. You can follow Natalie on Facebook as Skeptical Parenting, myself, uh, Dan, as a science enthusiast, and Devin as Skepticism by the Pint. And Natalie, go ahead and hit us with the quote of the week. All right, the quote of the week comes to us from our guest, Stuart Vise. Even when I have no power over important events in my life, I gain a feeling of control from understanding them, and I too have a sense of wonder. For me, discovering the workings of nature is a vibrant, satisfying experience that is both intellectual and emotional. To recognize the astronomical relationship between the sun and the earth, or to understand the optical phenomena that create its rosy light, does not strip the sunset of its beauty. So, thank you, Stuart Vise, for that quote. He was good. He was good. He was, yeah. It's almost like these people think we have a real podcast. I know, and we're just some assholes who are talking I, on the internet. Literally. Yeah. Literally, almost. So, so seriously, like, thank you, Stuart, and everybody else who even entertains the idea of talking to us, because I think we're having a good time with it, and thank you for anyone who agrees. I haven't gotten any hate mail for this. <laughs> <laughs> 
I well, they're just sending it all to me. So. We'll we'll leave out we'll leave out the other <laughs> places and sources, but yeah. yeah, so it's cool. Cool. Episode four, we did it. Done. All Done. right. The music you heard in this podcast was written and performed by Adam Johnson and was used with his permission. You can contact Adam at adamjohnsondc at gmail.com. All right, go. All right. um, You good? Can I do it now? Yeah. Okay, so this episode is brought to you by my... (laughs) I'm sorry. okay i i can't i struggle to say his name without laughing as well i did it the first the first time but okay i know if if only we could do everything in one take yeah see now i'm just i'm thinking about him and i I find him so funny um all right this episode is brought to you by mike adams mike adams for when you want to take health advice from (laughs) sorry oh wait dan just texted the or uh, messaged the chat and said, I think my computer is exploding. Oh shit. So that's uh where where is our leader? His computer is exploding. <laughs> like what do we do? <laughs>